Hello, welcome back to the Noted Church podcast. We are talking about God's faithful presence, how he is faithfully present to his people through the Holy Spirit, through the gathering of the church, and he's especially present uh, in the world. And so our our job as the church, our mission that God has, has sent us on is to go and be present to the world as his presence to recognize where he is working in the world and to uh, <clears throat> and to meet him there in those spaces. We are a church that gathers in the presence of God uh, around the Lord's table. And from that table, we go to the tables of our homes and we invite our neighbors in. We invite people in to this dotted circle, as we're calling it so that they can experience God in a different way where we host God's presence. But we also go into the world. We go and inhabit the spaces of the world uh, where we're welcomed in as guests. And this is what we're calling the half circle, where the church goes and exists in the world. I think the most important part of this discussion that we need to recognize is uh, as Christians, we are guests in the world. And it's a weird concept to recognize that we're guests in the world because um, we feel very much at home here. When we feel at home, we feel like we need to have some sort of ownership as to how things go. But uh, I think it's important that we recognize that when we are outside of our own personal spaces, when we're outside of the church, that we are guests everywhere we go. That the world uh, needs to experience the presence of God. And if we go in uh, with some sort of authority over them, they will never experience God's love and mercy that meets them where they are. And so the church inhabits the space of the world as guests, where we're invited in, where we offer peace. This can maybe be a shift for some people in thinking how does how Christians influence the world. Um I look back to oh, late high school, early college, and it seems like all the Christian books, when I go to the Christian bookstore, uh, so many of the Christian books were about radical Christianity and, and use some form of radical or something. And I was always impressed by the stories of these books, by these radical changes of, of just uh, sheer faith that people completely transformed their lives. They, they dropped everything and they, uh, they went into a remote part of the world to, to share the gospel. And I, I think that's absolutely incredible, but it, it applies to maybe 0.2% of the people in the church. And after reading a lot of these stories, um, they left me feeling, and I, I know this is true for a lot of my friends as well, but they left me feeling a little deflated as though I could probably never measure up unless I did something drastic. And one of my one of my good friends and I we we joked for years about writing a book called Mundane Christianity, and in this book we would tell stories about how uh, faithful followers of Christ were transforming the world right where they were in small ways, nothing grandiose, nothing extreme, uh, nothing radical, just faithful, and and then. Later, you know, many years later, I read this book, Faithful Presence by David Fitch, and he's kind of doing just that. Uh, he's saying that Christians need to just be 
present to what God is doing where they are. And it's nothing radical. It's small incremental changes every day to be attentive to God and, and what he's doing in the world. And when you meet people, you listen with ears of compassion. You listen um, and you look with eyes of love and you, you say, okay, what does this person need? Uh, how do I show up in this space as a servant and a guest? And I, I meet people where they are to hear what God is doing in their lives, whether they believe in God or not. And I enter into that space and I say, this is, this is what I see God doing. You show them what, what love looks like as Christ loved. And so this focus of faithful presence, of being faithful to God's presence, is that kind of Christianity where, where we, we go into these spaces and we build relationships and we look for the opportunities uh, that God presents in these people's lives. This is not programmatic. It's, uh, it's just simply being aware and being inhabiting the spaces where people are and speaking into their lives. Um, a couple examples of, of how I do this in my life. There's uh, a couple business owners in Noda that I've built a relationship with over the years by just lingering uh, whenever I'm shopping in their in their stores, just staying behind. And there's one person in particular that through the pandemic, uh, a lot of things changed in in her business. She lost a lot of staff and she's over overworked and she's stressed. And so spending a little bit of extra time just talking to her about how her life's doing. And then the next time when I, I go in and say, you know, how, how are your stress levels? You know, and, and just taking a moment to humanize her, to see her as a person. Um, in doing that, she has made donations um, to things that we've done as a church. She's shown up to, uh, to help us serve the community not really of any benefit to her, but she loves what we're doing in the church uh, and how our church benefits the community. And so this is one of those things that it's hard to measure the impact. But when you see people start responding differently, you see that Christ is taking hold in their lives. I, I haven't yet had a conversation with her about where she is in her relationship with God. Because I don't think I don't think that's where we are. But I've built, I've spent time building trust with her, and when things have happened, I've I've been present to her suffering, I've been present to her pain. Uh, when her dog was sick, I, I prayed for her, you know, stuff like that, and and just being present to what's going on in her life. This is where I try to be present as guest in her life, and try to be available to what God is doing in her life, and how I can uh, partner with God in what's going on. And there's lots of examples of this. I, I, see, um, I see a lot of people in our church building relationships with uh, the staff of the YMCA, that, that there's opportunities when we meet people on a regular basis who come to um, our Movie on the Lawn events. And you, know, you see the same person over and over, and you take the opportunity to build those relationships. We've seen people um, come into our church because of those relationships. And so our, our focus this year is being faithful to God's presence. And so we do this in these half circles where um, we enter these spaces as our mission field. And so we're not stopping to, quote unquote, do evangelism. Uh, I, I really do have a belief that 
when we program out evangelism into something you go and do, we're doing it wrong. But it's just every day when you enter into spaces, you're taking time to recognize that, that God is in this space and you meet him in those spaces and you be present to other people's suffering. You be present to what's going on in their lives and you meet God uh, in those spaces to to be his presence. So the world needs to experience Christ in tangible ways where Christians respond with compassion and love to what is going on in their lives. Uh, they need to see the change in us first, but also as we interact with them, we we put on display who Christ is and how we respond to them. We cannot know fully what's going on in their lives if if we're not in real relationships with them. And that takes time and energy to actually invest in those relationships. So when we find people marginalized and hurting, we look for how God is already present and working, and we join him in this in his work. Uh, this looks like creating space for compassionate listening, that even though a person might be saying something that I that rubs me wrong or or I don't agree with, I create space to to listen to them, uh, to hear their struggles, not to argue, but to to see what they're wrestling with and to and just to hear them. We take the position as guests in these in these people's lives. Uh, as those who carry God's presence. We don't force our way or insist our way on others. And I think this is key, that as guests in this world, we do not impose our way of life on others, but we arrive in the world as servants, aiming to better the people we encounter along the way. This is subversive. Uh, this is a way of transforming the world through subversive love. And there are groups of Christians uh, in our society who try to instigate change through positions of power, that they try to impose the Christian way of life on others who don't claim to follow Christ. And this rarely brings about the reconciliation to which the cross calls us. When we look at Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, his, uh, his sacrifice on the cross, the cross ignites a revolution that, um, in the words of N.T. Wright, that it ignites a revolution that happens once and for all when the power of love overcomes the love of power. That God's love uh, is so powerful that it undermines the worldly powers. God's, way, God's ways do not make sense to the world. But the gospel calls us to a subversive way of living that undercuts the power of this world through acts of service that transform our communities. When we try to legislate a certain kind of Christian living uh, on people who don't follow Christ, um, we're not actually transforming hearts. We're, we're actually just curating a world that we feel more comfortable in. Uh, when we fight the culture wars, we forget the power of the cross and the mission of the church. And when we fight these culture wars, the people who need the love of Jesus are often missed while we try to create a more comfortable space for ourselves and for our families. So the power of the cross is the power of love. Uh, this is lived in real relationship with people where they are 
uh, when we when we walk with them towards Christ, uh, we meet them where they are, in their sin, in their brokenness, in their nastiness. We see them with compassion. We see them with love, and we walk with them towards Jesus. Uh, but first, we must be transformed by God's presence in our lives to then inhabit their space as guests. So this week, uh, we're going to focus on Jesus sending the 72 in Luke chapter 10. Uh, Read this passage and reflect on what Jesus calls them to do. What does it mean to offer peace before entering a space? Jesus talks about uh, going to a house and offering peace. And then if the person doesn't receive the peace, move on. You don't stick around with places that aren't aren't going to be peaceful. You just move on. Leave them to God. Uh, Verse 16, Jesus says, Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. But whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. And and this is kind of an echo of uh, John 14, where he's saying, I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, and I am in you. That when we go and we speak to people, we're, we're going as though we're speaking the words of Christ. Uh, we have a responsibility to reflect the love of Christ as we speak the words of Christ. In verse 20, I love this passage um, because the, the 72 come back in verse 17. says, oh, we saw the demons submit to us in your name. And they're like, oh, you know, look at all this crazy stuff we did. And Jesus' reply is, uh, let's go back to verse 18, says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority to trample on stinks and scorpions and to overcome all the powers of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, verse 20 says, however, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And this... This sobering reminder that there are things that are more important than having power over demons. There are things that are more important than having power over others. There are things that are more important than the submission that comes uh, with speaking the words of Jesus. And it's the subtle, the, the sobering reminder that what's most important is that your name is written in heaven. That God has held a space for you to enter into and be his child. And when we do that, when we recognize this, if the demons don't submit to us, we're still in a good place because our names are written in heaven. And this is the reminder that that we are the people of God. And there's nothing in this world that can stop us. And there's nothing in this world that can do us harm because Christ is king over all. And so uh, verse 23 and 24, I want to end with this, that through the work of the Spirit in our lives, as those who are sent on mission from God, we will see and hear things that prophets and kings longed for but did not see and hear. And my prayer for us is this, that God will give us the eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit is doing in the world around us. Now go out today. And as you enter into a space, pray this prayer. Say, God, give me the eyes to see and the ears to hear 
what you're doing in this space while I'm here. And watch and listen. And if the Spirit moves you, respond. If it doesn't, just inhabit that space. Be a person of peace. Wherever you go today, pray the prayer that God will give you eyes to see and ears to hear. I hope you all have a wonderful day. Be sure to spend time with God today and time with the people that God loves.